Welcome to the podcast of New City Church. We hope this podcast inspires you on your journey of inward and outward transformation. Please join us on Sundays. You can find more information on our website, grownewcity.church. God bless you. Um, so we are in this, <laughs> we are in this uh, sermon series that is looking at the phrases, um, uh, exploring the kingdom of God, or as many scholars have started to say, the kingdom of God, emphasizing how we are all kin to each other in God's love. Amen. Um, given that we're preaching on the Beatitudes, we are going to uh, have a sacred witnessing after this time. Your sacred witnessing focus question is, when was a time you felt blessed for an identity that the empire considered unblessed? Uh-oh, here we go. So um, after the sermon, after I preach, uh, we'll invite folks in the room to line up over here and then share a, a brief response to this question. So the sermon will continue in that way. You can continue to meditate on that. So yeah, uh, this sermon series is all about the kingdom of God. Because here's the thing, if we don't know the world that we're striving for, then how in the world are we going to get there? You know what I mean? Like if we don't have a sense of like the future that God wants, the promise of, of a new world, then how in the world are we ever going to struggle for it? How are we going to be in solidarity to move towards it if, we're not, if, we're not e- if we can't even recognize it when it's upon us? And so we're going to be looking at these texts so that we can have the um, discernment, the wisdom, the recognition to be able to see the little spots that God's love is popping into the world. Because if there's anything that the empire wants, it's for you to ignore the places where the revolution is already happening. And so, like, part of our work is to retrain ourselves to recognize exactly where justice is happening, where hope and peace is springing forth, where there is a new story being told, despite all of the silencing forces in the world trying to desperately distract you from them. We have to learn to recognize the kingdom. So that's what this sermon series is going to be all about. Are you excited? Yeah, Yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah, uh, this is something I've been looking for for a while. Um, And my hope is that you can start thinking of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, um, not as just like this, like kind of idea, this like cloud, this nebulous thing. That's like, wow, that'll be nice one day, but to start like practically engaging with what's going on in the world with a kingdom mindset, you know what I mean? And so, uh, this week we heard some news about Dr. Claudine Gay, the first African-American and the second woman president of Harvard University in all of the history of Harvard. And she was, she uh, willfully stepped down, but she was functionally ousted from her position at Harvard. And initially, it was because she gave, uh, I mean, it's Harvard, yeah. Like, she gave an academic response to a question about anti-Semitism, and it's Harvard. And so she's like, well, I'm an academic, so here we're going to talk about this. And that uh, was unsatisfying for a lot of folks. And so later on, she, uh, she said, well, let me be clear, in the Harvard Crimson, you can look it up. She's like, uh, if anyone advocates for the genocide of Jewish people, that's bad. And that is not allowed at Harvard. Like, she was like, okay, well, I was giving my academic answer because I'm an academic, and then I'm also giving my, like, 
like straight talk answer because like apparently that wasn't enough. And so like she very clearly uh, uh, is opposed to the genocide of Jewish people. And yet uh, the internet dragged her for being anti-Semitic, anti-Semitic. Um, and, and all of these folks, all of a sudden, yeah, all of a sudden people started caring about Jewish people. I'm like, wow, interesting. Where were you when like the synagogues were being bombed and like, interesting. Okay, so, um, and then, and then uh, you know, folks kept scouring through her career and accused her of some uh, um, plagiarism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They accused some of her scholarship of plagiarism. For example, in her, the acknowledgement in her dissertation, she uh, uh, uses a phrase from another person's dissertation that she didn't cite. And so, uh, so there was some accusations of plagiarism, and, uh, and people... I mean, you can read her op-ed in the New York Times. Like, um, she says, more people called me the N-word than I care to count. And, uh, and she uh, was constantly being questioned, constantly delegitimized, the same old game that we see, con uh, constantly being questioned for every single choice, every single way along the way. But I just want to be clear that... Uh, uh, Gay had said that she stands for the integrity of her scholarship. Throughout my career, I have worked to ensure my scholarship and adheres to the highest academic standards. After an independent board of judges investigated her work, and it found two areas where she needed to add citations, but said that the violation didn't constitute research misconduct. Huh. Oh, sorry, I better add the citation. Otherwise, you'll call me a racial slur and ask me to leave my position. Huh. So, like... <laughs> Like, I think Dr. Gay is calling out what we all know is the case, <laughs> that this is a proxy fight. It's not actually about anti-Semitism, just like it's not actually about taillights. Like, this, it's, not actually about, it's not actually about academic integrity. It's about, tr it's about the perpetual war that is being waged on education from K to 12 and now in higher education. Um, and, and we know this because the folks who are funding and leading these campaigns are saying as such. Uh, check out this really, okay, a little bit of trigger warning. Check out this really sweet uh, post on X from uh, this, uh, Chris Rufo. This is the beginning of the end for DEI in America's institutions. We will expose you, we will outmaneuver you, and we will not stop fighting until you have restored colorblind equality in our great nation. <laughs> okay, so first of all, you. <laughs> Second of all, like, are you like the bad guy from The Incredibles? Like, literally, <laughs> like, <laughs> what? <laughs> well, exposed to an up. Girl, swipe left. We're leaving the alpha male energy in 2023. No, no, no. This is no, listen, listen. I read the Bible. I know, I know what we're working for, and it's probably not that, right? <laughs> like, I, uh, I, <laughs> um, there's so much to unpack here, but I don't want to center white voices in this, right? Like, I, I don't want it to, I want, I want this to be about uh, Dr. Gay, and I want this to be about her experience and how what happened to Dr. Gay matters to everyone 
anyone who cares about the kingdom of God and any race of person, that there is a certain like microcosm within this uh, event that speaks pretty important things for all of us. There are pretty significant repercussions for all of us. And so we have to really start looking at the kingdom of God because we have to really start thinking about what is the world that we're trying to create? What are, uh, what are we going to allow to have happen to the critical thinkers of our nation? What are we going to um, allow to have happen in our schools? And, and ultimately, like, how can all of us be free? Not just some of us be free, but how can we create a collective liberation wherein everyone is set free? That's the goal. So let's get into Shall we get into a church? Amen. Let's get into it. Okay. So um, you may have heard the, um, in the Beatitudes, often it's uh, translated as blessed are. That's the translation that we use, the New Revised Standard Updated Edition. The mm, to uh, <laughs> Why is the church in America declining? I don't know. We read the mm, uh, the <laughs> uh, <laughs> And uh, really, if you, if you look at the Greek, so uh, we're talking about a Greek word, makaroi, that is sometimes translated as blessed, but is also, um, some translators talk about it as greatly honored, or maybe even happy. It's, it was a common word for them, but it's kind of like a hard-to-translate word for us, because it's referring to a certain state of being that is um, um, recognized, honored, um, uh, grounded, whole, happy. Like, there's, uh, there's a lot of different ways to go about it. Um, and, and often it talks about some type of, like, alignment within um, your soul and your body and your community. And so, um, so, for example, if we look at the Psalms, the Psalms weren't written in Greek, but if we look at the Psalms, um, it says, this is Psalm 1, happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or take the path that sinners tread or sit in the seat of scoffers, but their delight is in the law of the Lord, and on this law they med meditate day and night. So do, are you kind of picking up, like, it's like, blessed, it's not just happy, like, wow, I had a great old day, but it's kind of like, there's a certain, like, the way that you're going about your life is generating a certain like abundance. There's a certain like alignment between your soul singing out in community. Are you getting, are you picking up what I'm throwing down? This is what we're trying to get at because Jesus is saying like, hey, uh, blessed are these folks. And so he uh, climbed up a mountain and we, um, we remember Moses similarly climbed up a mountain. This is often in scripture a place where you can experience God in a new way or a different way. And, uh, and Jesus uh, was looking at this crowd, and you can kind of imagine everyone kind of trying to fidget to find their seats on the rocks, and like, you know, like everyone's trying to do their best. And, uh, and they're expecting Jesus to be like, okay, teach us this like ecstatic teaching about like the mysteries of the universe. Teach us about something that we don't understand or ever see. Teach us about this next big thing, God. Teach us about what God honors. And Jesus is like, okay, get ready, world. God honors da, 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 the poor and the poor in spirit. God honors the, the mourning 
Um, God honors the, the peacemakers. God honors people who are striving for righteousness. Righteousness can also be translated to justice. Um, like, God is honoring the same people that you're walking by every single day. The teaching isn't some, like, grand, mythical, uh, expansive mystery revealed. The teaching is that God is showing up in our world every day. There's an everydayness to who God honors. Hmm. And so Jesus is saying, like, and this was, by the way, his, like, inaugural. This was, like, many people consider this the thesis of his ministry. Blessed are, in Luke, it's blessed are the poor. In Matthew, it's blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who society forgets and oppresses. Blessed. Uh, real quick, here's what we're not going to do. <laughs> we're not going to take this text and run and say, well, there's no need to end poverty because the poor are blessed. <laughs> wow, they're so lucky to be poor. Wow, God bless them. No need to do anything. And he, we're also not going to say, we should be happy when people oppress us. You know, like, <laughs> like we're not going to do that thing where it's like, well, actually, we deserved it. No, no, no. <laughs> like, whether you are uh, in a more marginalized social location or a more privileged social location, we're not going to take this to justify the status quo. The point of this text is not like, well, I guess it's supposed to be an opiate for the masses. <laughs> like, it's like, I guess everything's are just kind of fine, I guess. Everything's great because God said so in a mystical kind of way. That is the opposite of what this text is trying to say. This text is trying to say, like, like the very people that society is oppressing the most, the people that you're not wanting to pay attention to the most are the people where God is showing up in a unique way that we have to pay attention to. That there is a certain spirit moving through the margins of society. And if we miss that, then we miss the point of life and human world. There, there is something happening in the lives of the grieving, in the lives of the peacemaker. And God honors that. God honors that. So uh, this is an important text to put in conversation with. Um, in Matthew 22, Matthew 25, um, uh, Jesus talks about, like, hey, whenever you feed someone who's hungry, you're feeding me. Remember, do, do any of you know about this text? Or, or like, they were like, uh, Jesus is like, hey, thanks for clothing me. And they're like, Jesus, I don't think we ever saw you. What? And he's like, whenever you clothe anyone who doesn't have clothes, then you're clothing me. So like, there's this kind of sense that whenever we are in a supportive, mutual relationship with folks who are oppressed, then we are doing that very same action to God. That there is a revelation that God is breaking through in that. And that means that if we are doing something in opposition to the marginalized, then we're not. Do you hear what I'm saying? Are you picking up what I'm throwing down? As Dr. Osvaldo Vena says, if God blesses the one you curse, there is something fundamentally wrong with your theology. Hallelujah. And so if your actions are, or words are, are increasing the burden on the backs of the poor, then you are working against God. If you are 
uh, uh, driving death in a community that is already mourning, then you are working against God. If you are frustrating the efforts of the people who are striving for peace in this world, goodness knows that over, the, over Christmas time, I see y'all. <laughs> so y'all peacemakers try to strive for some family drama peace when there is no peace to be found. If you're working against efforts of peace, then you are working against God. The Beatitudes aren't just about like trying to console people to accept things as they are. It's not about that at all. It's trying to say like, if God is honoring the poor and you're working against the poor, then who are you honoring? Not God. And if your life, the promise of ministry is like, if your life is not honoring God, then you're going to end up with a hollow husk of an existence. The way that we become alive is by loving God and loving the world. And the way that we do that, Jesus is like, let me just be crystal clear. The way that we do that is by loving the people that society has oppressed the most. This is how we become abundant and fully alive. Do you hear what I'm saying? This isn't just about like charity. It's not just like, oh, I feel bad that those people over there feel this. This is like, I will not be whole until no one is poor in my society anymore. I will not be whole until everyone has a home. I will not be whole until everyone can have autonomy over their body and in their family and in their society so that all of us can be free. It is like the most selfish thing in the world to strive for <laughs> the elimination of poverty because I know that I will never be whole until we see justice in, this, in our streets. There is the, the concepts of what is selfish and what is selfless completely evaporate in a Christian framework because there is collective liberation in, 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 and everything means everything. Like everything means all of us. And if any of us are poor, then all of us are incomplete. And God is trying to say, like, I'm offering you a mirror. I'm offering you a mirror of society so that you can think about who is being honored and what, what the fruit of your hands are doing. And I believe that God is not a shame-driving God. I believe that God is not, for all you Enneagram ones in the crowd, like I know that it's like that whole like, I need to work harder and be better and change. This is not about perfectionism. This is about coming alive. This is about vibrancy. This is about feeling part of something beautiful. And when we live into the Beatitudes, that is when we can become whole. And so when I look at Harvard and consider uh, whatever is dude syndrome, whatever his name was, like, I guess I would just say, like, if you don't like a renowned scholar being the president of Harvard, you're going to hate whom Jesus is nominating. Like, Jesus, listen, they're like, oh, Dr. Gay is not uh, qualified for this position. Listen, Jesus is like, why aren't the people on the street presidents of Harvard? Why aren't the indigenous people who are displaced by Harvard presidents of Harvard? Why aren't the, the people who like, didn't have the same privilege and educational opportunity as children now the president of Harvard? Like, that's, what, that's a Jesus ethic of education. That's what Jesus is trying to strive for. Like, we're trying to make an upside down world where the people who are most oppressed get to define the conditions of liberation. And that is the pathway for all of us to be whole. That's what we're signing up for when we say that we're following Jesus, 
just to be crystal clear, like here's the terms and conditions of deciding to be a Christian is like looking at the margins of society and saying like, I know that this is not what Jesus is about. And if you're living on the margins of society, being like, I know that the empire's narrative about me is not the deepest truth within me, that there is something more holy and sacred and beloved that I can protect, that I can connect in community, and that I can celebrate knowing that any time that we celebrate a marginalized identity, we are getting that much closer to the new world. Amen? Amen. Amen.